We just launched all the uh, scooters this week, so they're back on the streets. The scooters are back? Talk about like number two in the nation. People covet the parks, you know? Yeah. Like people move here because of them. People were playing Pokemon Go at that time. Oh my and gosh. it was like every park was packed. <laughs> How do we bring back Pokemon Go? Like Almost like a trailer with like video game systems in it, virtual reality, other things. But we're like going to pull up with that in random spots and start engaging young people around technology and careers mm -hmm. that way. The well, pitch has to be better than come into my trailer <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for yeah, some video yeah, exactly. games. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's not the big white man. Yeah. No windows, you know. But, uh, yeah, I have video games in here. Yeah, <laughs> if you had yeah. a, a a blank ticket, you could go uh, unlimited Amex points travel. I want to go, go to Tokyo. I've never been. Yes. But Tokyo would be amazing. It's obviously also in the, the quote unquote ring of fire. We sometimes see like uh, parks and stuff just to bring it back to parks on top of buildings and yep. skyscrapers. You have like soccer courts on top of yeah. buildings. So I'm like, yeah. almost the crown jewel of St. Paul when it comes to parks, like the regional park and the zoo, like the amount of visitors that we get in that space rivals anything in the metro. Oh, so um, we're doing a, a hip hop series for young people where whoever the winner is out of that equation will open for nerdy later in the gotcha. summer and other things. But I'll drop my mixtape there. <laughs> there you go. It'll set the whole park on fire. <laughs> yeah. You can MC. You got it. It'll be great. No, <laughs> no one would ever come back to Mirrors Park. Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to episode 19 of Weekly Deposit. We have a special guest guest with us today. He is the director of the St. Paul Parks and Rec, a lifelong resident of St. Paul, a community leader, a champion for youth after school programs and recreation centers, has implemented the Tech for All initiative and was appointed director by the friend of the show, Mayor Melvin Carter. Uh, let's give a warm welcome to Andy Rodriguez. Appreciate that. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you, Andy, for being here. Let's uh, kind of dive right in. This is a, a question that we have on all of our guests we always ask, because uh, me and Julian always love to travel. We always like to sightsee, get new ideas, you know, new, new cultures. And so we always ask our guests, what's the last place you've been to? Um, and what's the next place you want to go to? Preferably outside U.S., but it's okay if it's somewhere in the U.S. as well, too. Yeah, the last place I was in was actually in Phoenix. I actually went there for the National Park Conference. So okay. very cool, very cool uh, city. Got a chance to experience it. And it's always cool to see. I have a parks lens, obviously, from yep. what I do. Yep. Kind of see how people do things a little differently over there. Yep. Um, it was cool to network and, and see that city. Um, gosh, if I could travel anywhere. Yeah, yeah. If you had yeah. a, a blank ticket, you could go uh, unlimited Amex points travel. I want to go, go to Tokyo. I've never been. Yes. But Tokyo would be amazing. Yes. Um, just for, for me, from a, a standpoint of traveling to that space, the technology, yes. the culture, all of it would be Awesome. I wholeheartedly agree with you. So we'll start with Phoenix. What did you see in Phoenix that kind of gave you any ideas for anything here in their regards to parks and, and rec? You know, what's interesting about Phoenix is they have so much land, yep. you know, a lot of desert, a lot of uh, open space. So they've been able to create these mega athletic complexes out mm -hmm. there. Um, so like pickleball, as an example, that's all the rage, right? Yeah, now. that's all we hear about. But they literally have complexes with like 40 courts out there. Like we don't have the land no. in St. Paul to do something like that. But it's 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 interesting to see how these cities that do kind yep. of manipulate their space. It's Got you. Cool. And it's a little different due to weather too, yeah, right? Exactly. You know, they have their parks more all year round yep. type where our parks for the most part in the winter are kind of, uh, you know, not many people go unless there's like sledding or some tort. 
sorts right. of winter activity. Yeah, and the city's massive. It's still spread out. Yeah. And it's like they have like Phoenix and then surrounding uh, cities, obviously like Scottsdale yep. and others that... Um, yep, Tempe. Yep, Tempe that you can take the train to and all are awesome cities. Yeah, no, it's great. I was actually... Uh, I lived there for a couple of years. I was little. I don't remember it. But let's talk about Tokyo because I am a huge <laughs> anime fan and I'm a huge like just everything Japan fan. That's awesome. So like me and my brother, that is one of our goals to go to Tokyo and we... We sometimes see like uh, parks and stuff just to bring it back to parks on top of buildings and yep. skyscrapers. You have like soccer courts on top of yeah. buildings. So I'm like, yeah, yeah like laying bridges and yeah. other things like that. Um, yep. But yeah, that's that kind of unique urban planning, right? That you yeah. see outside of the U.S. that yep. is really innovative. And we always end up being like a couple years or maybe even decades behind Hi. some of that innovative work. Yep. Um, like, like bike infrastructure, as an yep. example, what you see in other countries, mm-hmm. how it lands over here. Um, over time and then the debate around it is yeah. it effective right but yeah tokyo would be amazing um i'm a big fan of technology yeah just um pop culture other things uh fashion sneakers mm-hmm. like all that stuff and i feel like that is convergence in tokyo that yes I would, uh, find pretty amazing and i and i think you hit the nail on the head with the urban planning because they are probably one of the best in the world at that uh, they have a highly dense uh dense population in tokyo it's obviously also in the the quote-unquote ring of fire (laughs) right so they have to kind of think about that as well and then you know how do we then get parks and this and that bikes especially so it it's i've watched a lot of videos on that stuff Mm -hmm. the architecture where things go planning uh public transportation and and it's very well thought out that's um, awesome. So, yeah, it's really, really cool. So I agree on the sneaker part, too. Sneaker fans. <laughs> we did a little business highlight for a sneaker store here in Egan. So if you ever have time, check that out. Yeah, well, for sure. Yeah, no, you nailed it on the urban planning piece and mm-hmm. just the amount of density in that space and how you have to be creative with uh, housing. Correct. And then the public amenities that exist out there to get people from A to B. Yep. Um, and obviously parks and open spaces that people can converge on and, and enjoy. Yep. So. yep. I went to... Um, Dubai recently and they they really at first they were really bad at that but now they've gotten a lot of great people in to kind of fix the urban planning of how the city works and stuff because it just sometimes you know if you don't plan correctly you're driving 30 minutes to get across the street (laughs) it's it's ridiculous exactly yeah anytime I travel like my agenda is just to explore yeah like I I don't have a set agenda like I just want to explore a major city yeah walk around like I remember going to San Francisco for the first time and Uh just wandering New York City other things yeah New York City was funny. I wandered into like, it was around the time Watch the Throne came out. Uh-huh. Kanye West and Jay-Z. Yep. Somehow wandered into one of their music videos that were just happened to be going on at the time. What? <laughs> Which one? Um, God, I can't remember the song. Uh, into the Wild or what's it called? Oh, yeah. I think it is Into the Wild. Yeah. That was the jam. No Church time. in the Wild. No Church in the Wild. No Church in the Wild. Yeah, so yeah. that was a good song. But that, that was, was a great album. Yeah, it was. But yeah. that was the jam at the time. And then all of a sudden, I turned around a corner. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> Could we awful. see you in the video? No. no, <laughs> no. Uh, okay, so, uh, you know, you're the director of Parks and Recs here in St. Paul. What inspired you to pursue a career in, in, in Parks and Recreation Management and how did you get started in that field? You know, honestly, like parks, rec centers, just in general, I've always been a backbone of my life mm-hmm. um, since a young age. Like I was a kid that spent hours and hours at the rec center every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the time I came 15, 16 year old, years old, they were like, you're old enough to work here. Let's let's make it happen. And uh, I never left after that. 
I wouldn't say it was something that I aspired to have a career in per se, but um, as I was just been a, a stable part of my life and a lot of mentors in the parks world and whatnot convinced me to go back to college and get my degree. And it's kind of been, it's kind of been up from there, served in a lot of different positions within the department. And, uh, you know, when uh, our previous director retired, he, he said to me, it's like, I, I referred to your name as, as one of the names to the mayor for consideration. And you should really think about applying. And that was like kind of eye opening oh. for me. Right. Yeah. Like, wow, I thought I was working at a high caliber. I didn't think I was working at that high of a yeah. caliber. So it was kind of a, uh, a shock for me, but became a realization pretty quick um, uh-huh. going through that process. And then when I got that call from the mayor, I remember I was driving and I had to pull over like, wow, this is real. This is really happening. Um, but for me, like a kid of St. Paul, to be serving in this role is such an honor, man. It's so cool. Like I'm a year in. It's been challenging, yep. but super rewarding. And being able to help shape the park system, listen to community about their wants, their desires, and what they want to see for the future of their parks. It's it's an awesome experience. People covet the parks, you know? Yeah. Like, people move here because of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you talk about, like, number two in the nation, that's one of the, one of the things that they um, evaluate on. What is the accessibility to parks? Yep. If you live in your house, how, how close is a park to where you live? Mm-hmm. We have really good scores there. Yep. I mean, we're in real estate, right? So we do yep. real estate on North Brad. Yep. Our mutual friend has told you. Yep. Um, we do real estate. So that is a huge thing. It's a walkable factor. Hey, how close am I to park? I, especially for families. How close am I to park? How close am I to a rec center? How close am I to other businesses? Walkable distance. Um, especially in the summertime. For sure. Um, no, you. I mean, your face lights up when you talk about parks and yeah. kind of, you know, the whole thing. So it, it seemed like it was just destiny. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's been an awesome ride. Uh, it hasn't been without its challenges, you yep. know, this first year. But, you know, it's, it's very rewarding. And it, it's interesting how, like, uh, parks experiences or what people want in their parks evolve. Mm-hmm. Like I mentioned pickleball earlier. Yep. Like we're starting to see a – desire for more like fat tire biking in regional parks and, and other just. Is that from Brad? Yeah, Brad's Brad's one of them. I was like, fat tire biking is is probably a Brad. He calls it every day. Like, yeah, going to make this happen. It's funny. I have a lot of friends from high school or people I grew up with like, hey, what's up with this park? Or consider this, like, you should do this. I'm like, thanks for the feedback. You'll see what happens. But yeah, it's um, it's cool to to weigh those needs and plan for the future. Yep, I mean, uh, just a quick story of mine. So when we first moved to Cedar Riverside in the Briar Coil Community Center, it used to be a baseball field in the park, and a uh, majority of us would play baseball. And then as the uh, Somalian uh, population grew, um, they changed that baseball field to a soccer field because yep. there were more of soccer players, and so now it's like a little soccer field and stuff like that. So that's really cool. Yeah, that's that's a great example of how some amenities that were popular ten years ago have evolved, right? Yep. And we start to see repurposing of spaces or mm-hmm. implementing of new new amenities. So yeah, absolutely. So you you talked about challenges, right? The, the role obviously comes with challenges. What are some of the biggest challenges facing the Parks and Recreation Department in St. Paul and and how do you guys plan on addressing them? There are many. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, one I always point to is just how we serve our young people and how that continues to evolve. Like, we can't wait for them to walk into the four, door, uh, four walls of a rec center. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we have to go meet them where we're at. So we're looking at more mobile forms of recreation, going into neighborhoods, passive parks, bringing recreation services to them. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in the process of purchasing a new technology truck um, that will essentially be 
almost like a trailer with like video game systems in it, virtual reality, other things. But we're like going to pull up with that in random spots and start engage, engaging young people around technology and careers mm-hmm. that way, which mm-hmm. is very innovative. You yeah. know? Like the well, pitch has to be better than come into my trailer <laughs> for yeah, some video yeah, exactly, games. <laughs> exactly. It's going to be branded. Yeah, it's, yeah. Not the, it's not the big white van. Yeah. No one knows, you know. But, uh, yeah, I yeah. have video games in here. Yeah. It's a pretty cool setup. But yeah, uh, yeah we're working on things like that that will be, um, that are, is a very innovative approach. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we didn't have that, obviously, growing up because we didn't have the computer, the technology and stuff like that. But now I'm looking back, I'm like, man, I wish I would have had that, like coding abilities or games and stuff like that. Because what kid isn't interested in like games and stuff? And that's such a great way to learn. Well, tech is such a huge focus for us right now. And it's amazing what young people can do around this topic. Yeah. Like, I thought I was a technology, uh, tech proficient young yeah. person growing up, but this is just a different level. Yeah. Kids, like their ability to code and pick up things so quick. It's a sponge. My son, he, I mean, he can work circles around me. He, so I, I sometimes play Fortnite. I'm not a good Fortnite <laughs> player to everyone. So I sometimes play with him and stuff like that. And he's like, I, I do, he does the build and it's like his, brain to like finger processing is like crazy i'm like what are you doing right now right so like competitive robotics that's something we started within the last year or two Mm -hmm. and really have gotten off the ground but like to see like how invested those young people are in that Mm -hmm. program um it's just amazing but like they they compute it so quickly it's like we need to make this robot do this function yep and it's like knock it out you know, is that kind of where it came in for the implemented of the the tech for all initiative that you you exactly. campaigned for? Yeah, exactly. Um, and that was a really initiative, or continues to be an initiative, where you know we want to build tech proficiency amongst young people, mm-hmm. and a lot of young people don't know um, what tech career exists. Right, like yep. tech is embedded in everything that we do mm-hmm. nowadays. Um, like to drive a plow truck in the city of St. Paul requires some technology, yeah. technology uh, education and competence. And um, explaining that to young people has been very fascinating. Um, we were just in a group with a, a bunch of young people about careers, but we didn't even realize it's like when they get into these work environments for us, like we have Microsoft Office products. Mm-hmm. They don't use Microsoft Office in high school anymore. They're Google Docs, they're tablets, they're all these things. And they're like, what the heck is this? Like, yep. I don't know how to do this. Mm-hmm. It's like, who would have thought of that? You know? Yep. So yeah. Crazy. No, I'm, I mean, most of our stuff here is on Google Docs, Google Docs, Google Spreadsheets. It's it's very similar, but yeah, it's, it's because again, it's free where Microsoft's charging you. Google's like, hey, here's some yeah. software and everything. And it, it, it's more inclusive to all, yeah. right? Exactly. Rather than like being the uh, sports thing where, hey, you, you have to pay X amount of dollars to play. And some people, unfortunately, you know, due to their situations, they can't. Yeah. Yeah. It's been pretty amazing. I've gotten a strong education on esports too, which okay. is just wild. Like, it, like there are scholarships you can get to go to college in esports, like to play video games. Yeah. Like, like it's, it's, um, that's pretty wild. And then the careers and things yep. and where they. Well, my son showed me some guy who plays Fortnite. His name was. Ninja, I want to say Ninja, yeah, the blue-haired kid. Um, I think he his last sponsorship deal or something was twenty million. So if, wow. if twenty years ago That's you wild. told me twenty million to play video games, <laughs> I would have dropped. I was already dropping everything to play video games. So yeah, yeah, we had a young person uh, just fresh out of high school. He went through what we call his UX Academy, so learning a lot of coding exercises, other things, mm-hmm. making seventy grand right out of high school. Nice, just wild. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome that you guys are doing that for the community because it is it is very important, uh, especially kind of with the the job market changing. 
right? Like you said, there's tech in everything. Um, so would you say those are some kind of key initiative or other projects that you, the department's kindly yeah. are currently working on? And Those are some key initiatives, mm-hmm. but also like back to initiatives and challenges is just community first public safety. Like those rec centers and our parks are safe spaces, right? Mm-hmm. Um, over the past year, specifically in January, we comp- that was compromised with uh, Oxford Community Center and having shooting in that space. Mm-hmm. Never had a shooting at a rec center in my career. Yeah, um, but that was impactful, and unfortunately, during that um, that time, that shooting it happened to be an employee that pulled the trigger, um, which was wild. Yeah, uh, for us to absorb, it rocked our department. Like those are those are significant challenges that we had to get through. Mm-hmm. We're closed for a month, and when it involves young people and employees, like that's a very traumatic experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but focused on healing how we build back trust with the community. What can we do differently when we do reopen to assure mm-hmm. people that this is a safe space. And mm-hmm. we did reopen recently and um, it's been great. That's good to hear. That's, that's good to hear that it, it reopened. And, and when I went to Brian Coyle and everything, I always thought about it as like the safest place I could be. Yeah. I, I remember. Yeah. So like the, the adults, there are safe. Like even, even if there was some trouble between kids brewing, they would mm-hmm. never do stuff there because they didn't want to be like expelled from the community center because at the end of the day they love coming there to play basketball stuff so even if like okay we'll fight later like over there somewhere away from the coil community center and stuff like that so uh no it always felt like a great safe space and i think it's 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 sad because it was uh you know employed but normally uh, this is you know uh, normally the employees are so great at the parks they're so i mean my mentors my early mentors all came from brian Coyle. yeah same i mean my mentors came from various rec centers or different parts of the park system but yeah those frontline staff they do a lot to serve yeah. young people and it's not just handing out basketballs and all those things there are life skills taught in that place there's mentorship there yeah. is uh life friendship coping, friendship yeah all those things, all the above. They do so much work. They do. I I can't, I mean, uh, shout out to my good friend, you know, one, uh, Brian. His name was Brian. The other one, Tally. I mean, they took us the first time. You know, we're some, you know, uh, ghetto apartment kids. We went yeah. camping for the first time yeah. ever. We like that. So, like, other stuff, you know, Tally. Tally was so great for the community. Like, if someone asked him, like, hey, I'm trying to make the basketball team. He's like, okay, come on. Come every morning because he was a great basketball player. Come every morning. I'll shoot drills with you. I'll do this yep. with you. Like, just to this day, I still, like, uh, so appreciative of his friendship, his mentorship, and his guidance to kind of not do, you know, because uh, the one thing, and I think we could agree, is if you give kids time and yep. boredom and bad things can happen. Yeah, no, for sure. That's a great example. It's like that consistent form of mentorship and support, right? Yep. Always there, like yep. s- stable face that you see every day yep. when you visit. Yep. That that means a lot, and that it builds lifetime memories for people yes. like yourself. Yes, because we, and I remember we used to have two coaches for baseball and football and all this, two James, so James Brown and James Tucker, and and it was like good cop, bad cop, so, you know, uh, James Brown would be like the good cop, he kind of like sold us this, that, and James Tucker was just tough love, like tough, yep. like, and, and we needed both. It was like yeah, the mother, balance. father, yeah. like it was, it was amazing, and it kept us a I mean, all the people I talk to now still from that place, it kept us away from a lot of bad stuff that was happening around us, uh, unfortunately. You know, we're inner city kids. A lot of bad stuff was happening, but yep. that, that really guided us 
to do well. Yeah, for sure. I always say I don't know where I would be without the park system support that I've had throughout my entire lifetime. Like yeah? It's, it's kind of wild to think about. To Which uh, rec center did you go? Uh, I grew up at a bunch of them. I spent a lot of time up at Linwood Rec Center, which is not far from here. Highland Park, Northwest mm-hmm. Como, Oxford, Jimmy Lee, like kind of bounced around to many. But I, w- I was known across those spots. Like they knew me. Just because I was there so much, you know. And now you're the director. Yeah. It all comes full circle. <laughs> yep. um, what role do you see parks and recreation playing in promoting health, wellness, social uh, equity in St. Paul? And how are you working to advance these goals through your programs and services? Yeah, with 180 parks, 26 rec centers, golf courses, we have a zoo. Um, yeah. All those things contribute to those goals, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the big thing is accessibility when you talk about equity and making sure that we have a level playing field across the city, whether it's through program offerings, yep. that the program offerings at Frogtown are the same, that the, uh, are the same as Highland, right? Yep. Everyone's getting the same product. That's the goal. Um, but also what we just talked about, right? Mm-hmm. It's like that mentorship, that other piece and making sure that people have positive experiences in our spaces mm-hmm. and then building out new parks for the future. So when you think of like Highland bridge that just got done, we're opening our third park there this summer. Um, but continuing to uh, expand our system to meet the needs of the community. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it, it is. It is. Uh, and what would you say in regards to, like, the promoting health part, right, especially in this day and age where, where you know, everyone's health conscious, especially going through, like, the last two years of the pandemic where maybe parks didn't get to have the, the visitors that it normally does. How, how do parks correlate with, you know, health, too? Because obviously getting kids out there to play and stuff, getting them, even though the games and that stuff is all good in regards to potentially a career, but also having them be outside. Cause that's what we used to do. We yeah. used to, you know, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have this, that we didn't have cartoons on demand. Kind of just YouTube yeah. something. Yeah. It's multifaceted. I think for mm-hmm. all ages, right. We like to call it in our world, like unstructured uh, use within our system. So it's like we have the bike trails or the running trails or, you know, our big regional parks or passive parks Mm -hmm. where people can recreate and get physical activity in. Then for our young people, um, we have more controlled experiences that we can offer them. Not all of them participate in it, but, you know, we can we can try and meet that need that way, Um, whether that's through like fitness based classes within the rec centers or in our passive parks. It makes me think of uh, our free fitness in the parks program that we do in the summer, which is just spreading out on working with local fitness partners across businesses across the city to offer free classes. So it's like we're out in Mears Park doing yoga in the mornings and it's free drop in. There's no cost, right? Oh, like, okay. Like that type of accessibility for people mm-hmm. um, what is, is what I think is valuable and contributes to your question. Yeah. Yes. No wholeheartedly. And I love Mears Park. It's such a beautiful park. And especially in the summertime when, when yep. it's really flowing. Um, I remember the time when I went there <laughs> and um, people were playing Pokemon Go at that time. Oh my and gosh. it was like every park was packed. <laughs> How do we bring back Pokemon Go? Like it was like packed, I'm telling you. What a wild time that what was. What a wild time. Like from senior citizens <laughs> down to like they were all just like this on their phone walking around. Our former park director was didn't understand that f- phenomenon at uh-huh. first. Still plays that game. Oh, does he? Like, like he, he's bought in. Yeah. yeah. That was a wild time. Like Rice Park was the yeah. spot. 
Like yeah. you would go there at any given time in the evening and there'd be like 200 people there all on their phones just catching yep. Pokemon. It was crazy. Yes, every part. Like I remember I went to the Stone Arch Bridge just packed or like, and then people would tell people like, oh, there's a Charizard over here, <laughs> this or that. Like, and it's just like a gathering and, and Mears Park, I'm telling you, everyone was on their lunch yeah. break. So there's like food trucks and there's thing and everyone's just kind of playing. I was like, man, this is so cool. And then like, unfortunately the pandemic happened. So then a majority of the Mears Park at least was uh, a little bit more what uh, a wild time that was yep yeah. that was a wild time and then the, the zoo you mentioned that's como zoo como zoo yep yep i love till this day como zoo is free yep como zoo is free i mean and that is one of the um appealing things about it obviously one of the most busiest locations in the state maybe mm-hmm. even the region mm-hmm. in terms of visits um i think it's 85 percent of their visitorship is from outside of the city too oh yeah which is wild yep I, I, yeah, I love the Como Park, the Como Zoo, the the greenhouse, like everything. I'd still to this day take my kids. And anytime I have uh, visitors from outside of state family, I always take them there too. Yeah, Como's the crown jewel of St. Paul when it comes to parks. Like the regional park and the zoo, like the amount of visitors that we get in that space rivals anything in the metro. Yep. It, it does. And it's uh, people covet that space so much and the accessibility and access to it is, is what makes it. Okay, Andy, how do you measure the success and impact of, uh, you know, department programs and services? Like what metric do you guys use to evaluate the effectiveness of parks or what you put in the parks? How does that get measured? Because you mentioned earlier that you guys are number two in the nation for parks. What is that? How does that measurement come in? Yeah, there's a lot of variables there. Uh, when you talk about programs, you're talking about consistent program evaluation methods, just, you know, the qualitative feedback of hearing from young families and, and others about the product that they participated in, mm-hmm. how whether or not that continues based off that feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a lot of uh, tools that we use, like we have dedicated positions within the Parks Department to measure program evaluation. We call them like youth program quality assessments. Mm-hmm. So that's, um, you know, gauging the program's effectiveness or young people's kind of uh, perception of it. Did they like the staff? Did they think that one of them were rude? You know, mm-hmm. things like that, mm-hmm. um, that um, we get evaluated on, which is, is cool. But that helps with kind of how, how our program is driven into the future and whether or not it continues. Mm-hmm. But overall, park use, when you talk about like spaces like Como Regional Park or the river, like activating those amenities and, you know, just assessing volume, really. Um, we jokingly say in the in the parks department, like the amount of requests for porta potties in specific park spaces tells us the level of use. Because um, yep. we get requests for those left and right every day. It's funny. Do you, uh, so walk me through like how can I put it, what if I really wanted to play, you know, pickleball or this or whatever, I want a... S- a jungle gym or whatever. How does that one go about requesting that or in how then is it implemented? Is there have to be enough people like a petition type thing or how does that work? It's usually how those things start. It's mm-hmm. very organic, right? Like mm-hmm. there's a mobilization within community to say, we want this playground replaced, right? Yep. We know that we need to replace it. It's 40 years old, mm-hmm. but really those voices, if you can mobilize within community helps advance those projects and, mm-hmm. you know, talking with your council member, your park director and others mm-hmm. and really trying to advocate for funding is where it starts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're working towards a project revitalization at Dunning Park right next to Central High School where we might see that play area uh, replaced this year in cooperation with private partners and you know, philanthropic donors and others um, to get it done sooner. Uh, but that's how it starts. I mean, we have a project proposal process that, you know, people can vision out ideas and submit to us. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, it starts with mobilization of community or that one person that wants to be persistent and champion a project, right? Yeah. 
Okay. Is there anything uh, request-wise you've gotten that you're just like, no, that's too crazy? <laughs> Not too crazy. I think, you know, um, everyone has good ideas. It's just how we get them to become a, a realization of those ideas. Like we're trying to build a um, what's called a pump track along mm. the river, so like a bike course with hills and mm. other things. And That was a community-based idea. And uh, it's going to come to life at some point here pretty quick. I'm excited to see that. Here's, okay, here is one thing. I know uh, this was kind of a more state thing and it's a more privatized thing where those bikes were, the, what a Bike share? The bike share. Yeah. They're, so they're gone now. Yeah, yeah. And that really left a hole in my heart because I loved going out there and, you know, if I didn't bring my own bike and me and a couple of buddies, we just rent a bike and kind of ride around. Yeah, I'll break some. I'll break some good news there. It's like I, I think we're making progress to get those to come back. Oh um, yes, through a different vendor. So uh-huh. we just launched all the uh, scooters this week, so they're back on the streets. The scooters are back. The scooters are back. Nice. So you'll start to see like the limes and yeah. spins and all that stuff. I like the scooters, but I like being physical, right? Like right. me actually pedaling and yep. getting some type of workout rather than just like an electric thing. So me personally, again, other people are like, yeah. I like the scooters, but yeah. But some of those scooter companies also do like bike shares. And uh-huh. I, I know the city is actively working with one of those vendors to try and make something happen sooner than later. I would love that. Cause some yeah. of the best times I've had is either a uh, scooter or biking down the river and kind of just yep. riding through shepherd road and this and that. So seeing the river, especially during fall when everything's kind of leaves are changing. So I was, uh, I really wanted to talk. I was like, I love this program, but then they got, you know, rid of it for whatever, I think sponsorship wise. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly, but I know where St. Paul is making strides to get it to come back for awesome. sure in a different form. Well, I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, I wish the bikes were a little bit better than like regular beach cruisers. <laughs> yeah. Cause those things yeah. in the hills, oh, are, man. <laughs> the exercise. Yeah. Man. Yeah. yeah. St. Paul is, you know, they have a lot of hills and stuff. It's like, Oh my God, it's only one speed. So you're just like churning. <laughs> yeah. Turn in, yeah. Turn legs, you're like, man. but when you're going down, it's a great time. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Looking ahead, what are some key priorities and goals for the parks and recreation department in St. Paul and, and, and what are your plans to achieve those goals? There are many. I, I one uh, amenity focused point I'll 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 highlight is the need for more skate parks mm-hmm. across the city. Um, we have uh, a handful, less than five, um, in the city, and that's such yep. an emerging uh, sport. It was in the Olympics. Skateboarding, yeah, it was in the Olympics recently. But how do we build that out across the city in a strategic way? Mm-hmm. Um, you'll likely see a, a skate park on the east side within the coming years. Mm-hmm. We're going to try and get Merriam Park redone. I would love to have a skate park in downtown St. Paul somewhere. That would be cool. Um, but yeah, that's it's, it's another example of a priority. Um, bigger bigger picture, it's like we need stability in our funding uh, for our park system to keep it the premier status that it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're looking at creative ways to do that. We started up a, the Parks Conservancy a couple of years ago, which is essentially a nonprofit version or extension of our department that will help support and get some projects done sooner rather than having to rely solely on city funding. Mm -hmm. Um, So looking at those strategic visions and then really building out partnerships with our professional sports teams Mm. um, as a means to um, promote, work together, and fund new projects. Like the Minnesota United last year helped to renovate a field on the east side and put irrigation in and new turf and all that stuff. Um, But those public-private partnerships are huge for us. 
No, nice. That's that's great of Minnesota United. It's always great when the sports teams, you yep. know, come back and give to the community that they're. Yeah, they're it's great. I met with the Timberwolves this morning. Actually, they're going to do some community camps this summer for us and um, focus on obviously basketball, but life skills too for young people. And it's always powerful when those agencies show up. Yep. Um, in that space, and obviously kids turn out for that with players and other things showing up. Oh, of course, of memorable course. experience, right? Yeah, oh, of I get course. to Carl Anthony Towns or whoever yeah. it is. Yeah, whoever it is. Yeah, that's exactly. there, and it's like that's such an impactful experience for young people. No, for sure is. Yeah. Um, skate parks. That's crazy. You say that because like when I was growing up, it was like illegal to skate in <laughs> parks. Yeah, like remember that time? Like it was like yeah, how it was so frowned upon. Right? Frowned upon. And I like, was like, and I never got it. Why? But it. Security guards chasing you yeah, out of the property. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I remember when Lupe made that kick push. So. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah. So yeah. that's a good example. It's like I tried to skateboard in my junior high days. It yeah. was limited success, but I thought yeah. I was a little bit of a poser there. Oh. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, it's it's emerged so much, and uh, Minneapolis has done a good job in yeah. building out their skate parks and things. And, you know, Third Layer, who's a very recognized entity in the skate uh, skateboarding world here in Minnesota, St. Paul, the region, they just moved over here. Um, right next to Tono, actually, on oh. th- in St. Paul. So they oh, just opened really? up a shop. Yeah, it's called After Hours Skate Park or Skate Shop. So yes, yes, we love Tono over here. We actually had the one of the owners on a couple of weeks ago, and we're having the other owner on next week. So uh, that's awesome. Yeah, third layer. I remember. I think this one of the skate parks I've seen. It's it's not a big one. It's kind of like in a parking lot, but at Calhoun they have like a yep. little skate park. Yeah, so they transitioned that space, right? Like mm-hmm. they kind of did a temporary skate park over there, and that's kind of a, a mimic of, of an idea that they did over, uh, that we did here in St. Paul. We're at Palace Community Center. We have a refrigerated ice ice rink, which is just a concrete slab. Yeah, non winter months. So it's like let's turn this into a skate park. So it's the creativeness that I like. It's yeah. like, how do we change this space into multi-use? That's awesome. Um, do you have any kind of... Uh, w- w- actually, no, this is a good question. What What's your favorite park um, and why? I like Crosby Regional Park. Um, that's just uh, on the lower end of Highland Park mm-hmm. in St. Paul. It's... Um, it almost feels like you're you're in a different place when you go there. It's so serene. It's acres and acres of mm-hmm. and acres of natural wildlife out there and other things, but it just feels like you're in a different place within the city. You okay, get lost in there. It's pretty cool. What do you like to do over there? Biking or anything? Biking, like? just walking around. You get to be by the river, near the river, yep. touch the river. You know all those things. You can see Minneapolis from <laughs> yeah. the other side. So wave to the wave to the rivals over on the other side of the river. <laughs> but yeah, it's um. It's a cool space, man, and it's it's easy to get lost in there and just kind of uh, enjoy nature. Okay, so Cros- uh, Crosby... Crosby Regional Park. Yeah. Crosby Regional Park. Okay, yep. I got to go there. Um, and then let's say if you could add any type of statue to any park in the city, what would it be and why? A statue? Yeah, a statue. Just someone that you think deserves one in the, in the city. I want to honor all the uh, baseball legends in St. Paul. There's so much history, mm-hmm. um, and you talk about, like, the Paul Molitors, the Joe Mowers, the Dave Winfields, okay. Steve Winfields. Like, there's so much uh, rich history in baseball. Like, I want to create something that um, recognizes all of them. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so we're we're toying with that idea and what we could maybe do to renovate um, the sta- uh, Tony Stone Stadium, which is our premier baseball stadium in the in the city, but also recognizing all those players at the same time. But you didn't get into this debate of who is – 
what qualifies a person as a St. Paul baseball legend? Well, what about this person or what about yeah. that? But those are the core names that I know. Gotcha. They have to, you know, born, raised or something yep. here, you yep. know, obviously. Yeah, we have the Saints Stadium not too far from here, and we always like looking in. And actually, I think they had their home opener yesterday. They did. They yeah. did. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Saints are a great partner to the Parks Department. We helped facilitate getting that deal done to build the stadium and other things years and years ago. Um but we work very closely with them and they're working through their transition of ownership right now. And um, yeah, yeah. Things, so, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, we, we actually kind of go catch a couple of games, especially when the weather's nicer. From our view, we can see who's on second and third and nice. everything like awesome. that. Um, what are some other things that you would like to kind of add to parks that you guys see in regards to like, um, is there certain sports that you're seeing grow in? Because uh, like I mentioned earlier, right, the, when the Somali population mm-hmm. increased in Cedar Riverside, it transformed from a baseball field to a soccer field. But is there other things where you're seeing like, hey, there's a lot of people doing this now or um, similar to like the Arizona pickleball? Like, yeah. Pickle- I didn't know there was a huge increase in pickleball, but yeah, pickleball is one. That's one we're trying to develop a strategy citywide for where we can put dedicated courts or maybe transition existing tennis courts that are low use into mm-hmm. pickleball. But also lacrosse is another one oh, that's, okay. uh, that we've tinkered with over the years, but um, are trying to get off the ground. Um, How does that work in regards to like the, uh, the equipment? Yeah, that's that equipment is something that we would purchase and support for, for young people that want to participate. You know, that's part of um, any, if there was a registration fee, what that would cover. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we provide that. But yeah, that's something that we're trying to build more interest around specifically there. Um, tackle football is another one that's evolved over time. Mm-hmm. Like you've probably heard about safety and other yeah. things, but that's one that we're continue to try and toy with. And what is the best solution? Like our flag, num- flag football numbers have skyrocketed. Yes. Our tackle football numbers have been um, somewhere in the middle to low right just because of safety and other things that are going around i mean personally as a parent i would have my son play flag football yeah um just it is what it is you know rather than when he's growing up and and everything like that i don't need him getting tackled (laughs) um but yeah you're right a flag football we actually have an adult flag football league we run so that's that's pretty cool yeah, and that's a good transition is also more adult athletic opportunities. Like we have amateur baseball programs and other things that are, are tailored towards adults, open volleyball, same volleyball leagues, things like that. Where can people find these things, Andy? Like if I wanted to join a league or if my son, you know, our St. Paul residents, right? You mentioned that all the kids have free sports activities. How does one go? Where do they need to go? Where do they need to sign up? Like how to make it as simple as possible for people? I'd say the simplest option is stpaul.gov slash parks. Okay. Um, you can sc- subscribe to our newsletter every Friday afternoon. It hits mm-hmm. with all the different things that we're, we're doing across the city. Mm-hmm. Um, very comprehensive list of things. We do a lot, so mm-hmm. it's easy for information to get lost in the shuffle if you're mm-hmm. not a subscriber or other things. But then our social media channels, too. Okay. Um, St. Paul Parks and Recreation on Facebook or Twitter, um, in addition to the city channels as well. Okay, perfect. So people can kind of find that. And then t- a little bit more about, because this is such a great program, and I love it that you guys are doing this, is that whole free for kids. What does that entail? How uh, 18 and under? What sports? Stuff like that. What is that? Yeah, for ages 10 and up. 10 uh, and up. 10 okay. and up. So that's 10. 10 is kind of the threshold where you start to get into the rec center versus rec center kind of mentality, right? Where mm-hmm. you're traveling every week. And yep. Probably like an 8 to 10 week program. But we have established registration periods for each season. The upcoming one will be um, fall. So that would be tackle football, soccer. 
okay. other things. And then summer, we obviously have baseball, softball, um, and other things there. Um, soccer is pretty popular for us. Yeah. Uh, flag football in the fall as well. Minnesota's always been a soccer kind of state, yeah. which is... Yeah. 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 And there's so many different club agencies and other things that we partner with too, like the St. Paul Blackhawks, the Sauna Foundation, like mm-hmm. soccer is huge. Yeah, it is. Across the city. Yeah, no, it, it, it is. I mean, I live by Blaine now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to live in Minneapolis, but I live by Blaine, but obviously the, the, the National Sports, Sports Center. Center. Yeah. Yeah. And we used to play in the USA Cup over there. Yeah, that's it, awesome. Yeah. A bunch of people from different countries would come in and, you yeah. know, from Sweden, this, that, and we would play against them. So that was always a cool, like, experience. Yeah. That's an interesting part of, uh, so that complex is huge, right? Yes, it is. Um, and a lot of our, our athletes or families travel out to Blaine or the suburbs to participate in these tournaments, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So one of the uh, kind of goals that we as a parks department are trying to do is build an athletic complex in St. Paul. That would be awesome. And trying to find the land or where we can do it. I mean, you kind of need like a 20 plus acre plot of land to mm-hmm. really make something happen. But where can we put all these different soccer fields or multi-use turf fields yep. and a, a field house with four gyms or four courts and just really have a destination athletic complex um, to keep people or bring people into St. Paul? That would be wonderful, man. I think that would be really, really cool. Um, Andy, thank you so much for your time. We really enjoyed Absolutely. all the insight you gave us. Like, there was a lot of stuff I had no idea what goes into parks because yeah. I usually just go there. Right. Either I'm playing in it yeah. or my kid's playing in it. And we don't think, like, all the, you know, the, the minutiae detail that goes into it. Right. Right. The, the, the budgeting, like you mentioned, how yep. to keep the rec centers going and, and where the money comes from. And, Absolutely. And, 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 you know, sometimes being creative in ways to find space and, and change space over time. So that is so, so uh, uh, insightful for our viewers and our listeners. Um, and I just want to thank you a lot for your time because I know you're a busy guy. Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah, to meet with a bunch of people. So we would love to have you back when yeah. a couple of more, of those, especially in the summertime. Maybe we can do, a, I don't know how the equipment works, but maybe we can do a podcast in like a rec center or a park. That would yeah, be really, really cool. Park. Yeah, we're going to do some cool events this summer too. So maybe we can link you up with that. We're going to try and we do would a love concert that. at Mirrors actually. Um, yes, it does have that concert. Yeah. Uh, when was the last concert that was held there? I know that like the pandemic really screwed up a lot of things especially mirrors park because i used to love yeah last summer they did like jazz fest and other things but okay like parks department is going to try and uh sponsor a couple hip-hop events there this oh. summer um we're doing a, a hip-hop series for young people that um can apply for to perform at, okay at the park and then uh, whoever the winner is out of that equation will open for nerdy later in the gotcha. summer and other things but yeah we're trying to rock that place a little more this summer so nice nice uh, I'll drop my mixtape there. There you go. <laughs> It'll set the whole park on fire. Yeah, you, can, you can MC. You got it. It'd be great. No. <laughs> <laughs> no one would ever come back to Mirrors Park. Uh, no. Uh, thank you. Yes. And would love yep. to have you on again. Uh, thank you for your time and, and continue the great work. Uh, everyone, please subscribe, like, comment on what you love about your park the park that you kind of went to growing up or and what if you go there now what's your favorite thing about your park or the rec centers um because i think what me and andy said is like the mentorship friendship the bonds you create there are, are everlasting so uh we'd love to hear from you guys again comment like subscribe uh thank you everyone and we'll see you back on episode 20 thanks see you guys